Welcome to the DMF. I am your host, Justin Yance, and this is episode 44. And I'm going to be talking about TLC, AEW, SmackDown, Raw, and Drew McIntyre's um, visit to the Broken Skull Ranch and the Broken Skull Sessions. So stay tuned. So let's start with TLC. I found this pay-per-view to be decent. It was not my favorite, but I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't mind the main event. I don't like the aftermath, but I liked, um, I actually ended up liking the main event. Um, The two TLC matches were good. Um, It's not a bad show, but... I don't know, my problems with WWE are booking-wise, they just still are not improving. So let's get to the show. It began with uh, Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles with Omas. Um, This was a TLC match, and this is for the WWE title. It was uh, quite a long match. Um, Then uh, The Miz came out and tried to cash in, and he did cash in. And he ended up losing as well. I thought that made him look very foolish. And just like, why? I just, I thought it was a waste of using the money in the bank. This match didn't really, I mean, it was it was good. It's well worked. Um, AJ Styles is an amazing worker. And Drew McIntyre is really going into his, um, he's really starting to feel like the champion of the brand. And not just like um, the guy that they were just lending the belt. Now he feels like a top guy. Um, Drew gave Miz a Claymore kick. And uh, climbed up and he got the the belt. It's a little frustrating because it's um, more this outside interference stuff. And I'm just kind of like... These are basically handicap matches. Why... Doesn't Seamus, why doesn't Keith lead, or why doesn't anyone come out and help him? I don't like that idea with um, WWE's um, booking. They don't explain it. Um, next, we had a Paul Heyman uh, interview. He basically said nothing that was really interesting. We had Sasha Banks versus Carmella with her sommelier Reginald for the SmackDown women's title. Um, I did, this match didn't do anything for me. I didn't care. But from most of the people that liked it, the thought um, this was probably one of Carmella's best matches. Sasha Banks was great here. That's probably why it was great. Um, it's good. It doesn't really do anything for me. Um, Carmella tapped out to the bank statement. It was okay. Uh, the New Day versus the Hurt Business. They ended up losing the Raw Tag Team titles to the Hurt Business. So Cedric and Shelton are the um, Raw Tag Team champions. It's a good choice. I mean, the the Hurt Business are kind of coming up. Um, I feel like they're kind of a B team until they take a, a major title. And um, I think they should go with... Um, but it looks like Sheamus is probably the next guy Drew McIntyre is facing. But I would have Lashley face him. Have the two uh, face for the um, for the main title. So it was good. It was fine. Um, then we had uh, Big E 
talking to Sami Zayn and Sami was upset that Caleb Braxton uh, leaked some fake thing that seemed like they were trying to redo the Tom Cruise rant and uh, pretty much uh, Big E said that, you know, hey, um, keep it up, Al, because I'm coming for you. Uh, we had Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Asuka and, oh, wait for it, Charlotte. <laughs> like, they already leaked it to everyone that it was going to be Charlotte. But, yeah, so Charlotte came in. Surprise, surprise, they won. It's a 10-minute match. Um, it's fine. I just think Asuka's being wasted. <laughs> They're not really doing anything with her. Nothing really matters. These belts are just kind of throw away, put on whoever they want. It, they don't really mean anything. So it's hard for me to care. They showed Ric Flair backstage applauding. I guess this makes Charlotte a Grand Slam uh, champion. It just doesn't do anything for me. Um, Charlotte won with the natural selection. And there you go. So Asuka and Charlotte are tag, Raw Tag Team Champions. And, uh, or no, the women's tag team champions, excuse me, I'm sorry, they don't have, they switch both brands. <laughs> and uh, Asuka is the Raw women's champion, so call me excited. Um, they had a 2020 versus 2021 animated video, it's just lame, I'm not even talking about it. Uh, Sami Zayn, uh, you know, was mad at uh, Big E saying that he did this thing this is where Big E said you know keep it up you know kind of threatened him said you know Big E uh, pretty much uh, Sami Zayn said that Big E's a joke I don't care <laughs> I just don't care uh, Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman versus Kevin Owens DLC match WWE Universal title match this was basically a handicap match. Uh, Jey Uso was in there the whole time. It was good. They did a good job of making KO sympathetic babyface getting out. But once again, this is the same type of match that they just did in the first TLC match. So it's like they're so inept with their booking that they just do the exact same thing for both brands. Nothing special. Nothing. I love Roman Reigns. I love what he's doing. But it. It, I don't know where this is going. It doesn't feel like anything's going anywhere. It just feels like he's just the champion. And I like that he's a heel and everything. But once again, it just it, it feels directionless. And that seems to be my problem with WWE. Is they just have no direction. Um, KO hit the stunner several times. They did a bunch of table spots. Uh, Owens did the pop-up powerbomb um, on Reigns. This was good, but, but it's like... Every time he came in, Jay came in. It ended with um, Owens about to get the belt, but Reigns uh, gave him a low blow, and then he choked him out with the guillotine, and then uh, dropped his body, and then he grabbed the belt. It's pretty good. I liked it. It's a good match. It's just it's hard for me to care what WWE's doing because they just don't seem like they're going anywhere with these matches. I mean, it's just... It just, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard for me to, to care. 
It's hard for me to care in WWE. They just make nothing really seem important. It just seems like it's a match for the sake of a match, and then we go on to a match for the sake of a match. I don't know where we're going. Um, so then we had Randy Orton versus The Fiend, Inferno match. This was my favorite match of the night. I mean, it's not a great match, but I like the setup of the Firefly Funhouse. And instead of having an Inferno match with the fire, like, around the ring, it was around the whole, like, arena. I don't know if you could get away with that if we didn't have this pandemic and, you know, fans not being in the building. But I liked the way they did and the psychology of it with Randy Orton and them trying to throw them in and it looked dangerous it really did look dangerous my hat's off to them because that could really you could really get hurt there you're dealing with fire so they had the whole ring you know the whole arena was kind of where all the tvs were they were all on fire I, i like it was a cool presentation if i was um take two or whoever is making the next wwe game i would put that in the game because this is a cool visual it looked really cool i i liked it i i liked i thought it was um pretty vicious and having the fire there i i thought this was the best um inferno match i've seen since uh taker and yeah since taker and uh kane at unforgiven 1998 um it ended with um at one point um at one point uh, they put uh he, um, uh, sorry, you know, so he, um, the fiend had the mandible claw on him. He, uh, pushed him toward the, f- he was going to push, um, Orton into the flames, but then Orton reversed it and then he caught on fire. And that was the end. Uh, he's in the, uh, ring. Um, so the fiend didn't really move. He threw him in there, and then um, Randy throws puts a gas can on him, and he then burns the fiend alive. Um, this is where it was dumb. <laughs> I don't know where that's going. I mean, you know, the fiend's not gone. It was an interesting uh, way, I guess, to change him. Maybe he's going to come back looking different, but it just um, it just goes. I don't know. I don't know where it's supposed to go. <laughs> um, but I liked the match. I thought the psychology of it. So I thought Orton Fiend was good. Um, the TLC match was good. But I just, I never felt like Owens was going to win. So it was hard for me to care. Um, Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles, same thing. I didn't feel like anybody was going to win. I knew Charlotte and them were going to probably win. I mean, it was just all predictable. Predictable booking that just goes nowhere, and I can't get excited about it. So that's my frustrations with uh, WWE. And, um, yeah, so that was TLC. If you like what you're seeing on WWE, then you probably already watched this. If you didn't, I don't know, go watch it. And it's not bad. It's not horrible. It's just there. And that seems to be the problem with WWE is it's just there. So I'm trying to find things to say good about it. I liked the Inferno match. I thought it was well worked. I thought the TLC matches were well worked, but they did the exact same finish. And it just, I don't know. I, I just don't feel like anything really matters on this show. So that was 
TLC, and when we come back, I will talk about AEW. AEW Dynamite. This was headlined by Omega versus Janela, no DQ match. Let's get to the beginning. It the show started out with Matt Hardy and Private Party versus um, Hangman Page and the Dark Order. Matt Hardy and Private Party defeated Hangman Page, and it was um it was a good match. I mean, this wasn't exciting. I don't really cared that much about this, but um, Hardy uh, Reynolds had it won, but you know uh, Matt Hardy you know pulls him out the ring and then uh, Silver hit the got hit with the twist of fate on the floor and we had uh, Reynolds was kind of isolated from the uh, private party and then private party hit the you know the gin and juice and then uh, Hardy tagged in and covered him for the three uh, that was interesting uh, the next thing we go to the back, the inner circle were interviewed about MJF's um, um, New York Times best performance award for the dinner debonair. And MJF um, said that he sees Jericho as a mentor, the goat, and his best friend. And uh, Jericho said that he was. Um, c- congratulations. <laughs> uh, Cody and Brandy. Uh, are preparing for Christmas at home. A present arrives inside. Was an ornament. We're expecting a new baby due 2021. So that's how they announced that. And now Cody is um, a future father from uh, Justin Roberts. So we had uh, Cody Rose versus Angelico with Jack Evans, and uh, this was a you know decent match. You know it was a good match. Um, Cody hit the step up. Cody cut it from the top rope for the pen. Um, after the match, we had uh, Team Taz. They came out and they congratulated um, Cody and Brandy on, you know, on the pregnancy, on having a baby. Um, then Starks questioned why they didn't get a congratulations um, when they beat up uh, Cody and Darby Allen. Uh, then. Team Taz, you know, walk to the ring and the lights go out and Sting shows up, but he's got the bat in hand and he stares them down and they just leave. And I guess next, so so this was supposed to be Sting Speaks, but we really didn't get Sting Speaks. We just got Sting Shows Up. I thought it was kind of lame. I'm going to be honest with you. This show was not my favorite, but you know what? They can't be all be home runs. There's nothing here that I hate, though. Uh, Miro was interviewed. Uh, he said he was fined $75,000 for hitting the uh, staff members. So that was um, interesting. <laughs> um, then we go to... Um, Why are my notes just like going all over the place? Um, Miro said that he'd face uh, Sunny Kiss on uh, 
Oh, and then uh, Kip and Penelope are going to announce the wedding date on next week's uh, Dynamite. I really don't care about wedding stuff, but maybe it'll be good. Uh, Eddie Kingston came out to the ring. He said he didn't care about anyone. You know, yelled at When Archer ran out, the Lucha, the Blade, and the Bunny ran to stop Archer. Then the Lucha Brothers show up. Uh, Pac came out. Um, Kingston said the. This was okay. Uh, Dustin Rhodes was interviewed by Dasha. This was good. Uh, the Inner Circle uh, defeated the Best Friends, Top Flight, and the Varsity Blondes. This was supposed to be um, a 14 man uh, tag, but Wardlow, um, uh, Wardlow had a uh, family conflict. Uh, Orange Cassidy was on comedy, but he doesn't really say anything, so. Uh, Tiger, uh, Hager hit an awkward-looking F10 in a reference to Wardlow. Then JF tagged in and got the pen. The teams all brawled after the up, but Top Flight were the only ones uh, left standing when it was all said and done. So the inner circle wins. Um... Thunder Rosa was interviewed by uh, Dr. Britt Baker. Um, and then they attacked her, and that yeah, was lame. <laughs> the acclaimed uh, defeated SCU. Um, every time I hear that, I keep saying acclaim, like the the video game, the bad. Video company video game. I mean, we're we gonna get a next. Next, are we gonna get a team called LJN? <laughs> um, Big Swole and Serena Deeb defeated Ivelisse and Diamante, and um, that was pretty. It was okay. Not a lot here that I care, but here's the thing that I do care about. And we got the no disqualification match: Kenny Omega with Don Callis versus Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. I like this. I really did like this. Um, we had we had Don Callis on um, doing commentary from Mike. Trevani, uh, Callis wanted Trevani to get out. He told him to kiss his. You know what? Uh, a lot of spots here. Uh, we got Omega hit the um, uh, Omega rolled out of a top rope uh, moonsault and then he lands two V triggers and then it was the one winged angel and that was the win it's a six minute match but it was really entertaining um, then after the match Callis said that they, you know that there are no more unanswered questions after the uh, AEW the and the death tra- yeah, the death triangle came out, and Pac said that you know him and uh, Kenny have unfinished business. And then Don Callis said that wrestlers don't tell the world champion what to do. And then Pac said, but he'd spoken to Tony Khan, so on December thirtieth, Omega will defend the AEW championship against Phoenix. And Callis and Omega uh, were like mocking him from the. It was good stuff. I liked that. You know, the the main event was good. That's 
that's the thing I cared about. I mean, you can't hit home runs every single show, so I'm got nothing bad against you. You've got to you've got to get more people on there. You got to continue to build characters. What they did, I would have used Sting a little bit better, but you know what? You know, this is good. You know, they're they're building, the ratings keep building. You can't always hit, you know. But WWE is gonna continue to. Um, Speed up this process. Um, so then we had so the Young Bucks versus the acclaimed for the AEW Tag Team Championships is next week. We have Chris Jericho and MJF versus Top Flight, Dustin Rose versus Evil Uno, Jurassic Express versus Colt Banana Five and Ten, Bach versus the Butcher, and Hirokaru Shida in action. Oh, and uh, Chris Jericho is going to be on Dynamite, uh, on, on commentary. And this is either going to air at the normal time or it's going to come on right after the uh, NBA on TNT. And I wonder if we get Moxley uh, attacking Omega. I, I feel we're building up to that. So, not my favorite show, but it's a good show to build to the great shows. So it works. I'm happy. And when we come back, I will talk about SmackDown and Raw. SmackDown. So the show starts off with a uh, video package for um, Owens and Roman Reigns, showing all the angles from last week. Uh, then Owens uh, came out to the ring. He demanded that... Uh, you know, Roman show up. He wasn't going to, uh, Paul Heyman showed up and he said, look, you know, the champ comes out on his time when he wants to come out. So then Owens went backstage to look for him. And then, oh, then Reigns came out and he cut a promo. He said, he's just, I'm just doing the things you have to do to be the guy. He said, he'd, you know, Another good, good uh, promo from uh, Reigns, and then uh, Owens came out, but Uso um, jumped him, and then Reigns joined in, and uh, the beating continued, and just okay. <laughs> uh, Jay uh, Uso told uh, Reigns that you know they think oh that he thinks Owens got the message. Reigns disagreed, and he said he doesn't understand. He said, I know his kind. He's not going to listen, and he's not going to stop. And he told Uso to take him out. The Street Profits uh, faced um, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode for the tag titles. It was okay. Yeah, I don't care. The Street Profits retain. Big shock there. Uh... The Riot Squad versus Billy Kay and Tamina. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> it's a three-minute match. Uh, the Riot Squad win. Uh, Carmella and the, her sommelier were in the ring. Uh, Banks came out. They did. Um, this time Carmella broke a champagne bottle across Sasha's bank. And shattered uh, Sasha's back. Not Sasha Banks. <laughs> uh, Jay 
So uh, they attack. He attacked Owens backstage and slammed through a backstage table through a table. You know, Otis versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Otis wins in three minutes. More three-minute matches. Um, they had this thing called the Sammy Awards, which was just dumb. And Sammy, you know, stands there reading, you know, he, all the things he's won. He won for Match of the Year. And then when Superstar of the Year came, he gets Biggie's name and he reads it anyways. It makes absolutely no sense. He's the one who created these awards, so how does he... How does Big E win? I, I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. This is my problem with WWE. They don't make any sense. And they don't care to make any sense. So um, Sammy read that. And then uh, Big E beat him up. And held up the Slammy trophy in the air. And then he smashed it on the stage. It was... Um, who cares? <laughs> it's just show is awful. Uh, then we had Bianca Belair versus Bailey. Uh, Bailey raked uh, Belair's eyes, and then uh, and then uh, she beat. Uh, so Bailey beats Bianca Belair. Um, they did sell, the announcers did sell this like this was a heel doing it, but, you know, that's so old hat now that it's hard for them to. Uh, um, Reigns' uh, music played. He comes out with um, Heyman and Uso. And then uh, Owens limped out, and once again, they laid him out. <laughs> this just, none of this makes any sense. It's just throwing stuff at the wall. None of this is building to anything. I have no faith in this company. I don't know where they're going. I don't care. It just seems awful. I don't... They're wasting Reigns. Reigns has the best character ever. And Owens is great. But they don't know how to book anybody. It's awful. So let's go to Raw. I'm not going to read all these things. Because they're just... Pff, nothing's exciting here. Uh, Charlotte Flair made her entrance. She cut a promo. I don't care. It means nothing. Oscar came out. They had a... Uh, match... They set up a match between Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler with Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. Uh, surprise, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler won in a 13-minute match. Uh, we had the Hurt Business backstage. A guy wearing a New Day t-shirt was there. They ripped the shirt off him and they made him. And they put a Hurt Business shirt on him. Okay, they had the this introduced the VIP lounge. They had a bunch of comedy and stupid crap. And Jeff Hardy came out with Matt Riddle. Who cares? This is so lame. It doesn't mean anything, and it goes nowhere. Angel Garza versus Drew Gulak. <laughs> Horrible. Um, Styles made his way to the ring. They did a thing where. 
what's his name? Miz wants his money in the bank back. I don't think he can. Uh, Drew McIntyre came out along with Sheamus and Keith Lee. They laid them all out. This is just awful. I can't even. This is just horrible to. This is boring to read. Uh, T Bar versus Ricochet. T Bar wins in three minutes, and they cut a promo over him. Said you will either join us or you will end your existence. No one talks like this. It's lame. We had MVP and Bobby Lashley versus Riddle and Jeff Hardy, where they did a slow motion of Riddle kicking off his shoes. I guess that's something that he has been doing. It's lame. MVP and Lashley win at nine minutes. Who cares? Uh, Jackson Riker versus Graham Metalik. Riker wins in one minute. Who cares? <laughs> Then we had the first thing. Orton comes out to cut a promo, and he's confronted by Alexa Bliss on a playground. This was kind of cool. It just doesn't make any sense with this um, where they are in this world. And basically says that, you know, when The Fiend comes back, you're going to regret that you ever did anything that you did. Alexa Bliss plays this character well. Orton did it. It was well acted. I liked it. It's fine. It's the only thing I actually remember on the show that seems like it meant anything oscar and charlotte versus peyton royce and uh, lacey evans i kind of like this match i like that uh, peyton royce kind of tagged in and tried to um to win um i see peyton royce and lacey getting better they seem to be getting better this was a seven minute match and um they have yeah royce tapped out to the um figure eight for the tap out win we had a Royal Rumble commercial. I'm not reading any of that. Um, then we had Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre and Sheamus versus Miz and Morrison and AJ Styles with Almas. Holiday street fight. Who cares? Because they do this every year. It's just throwing things at the wall. They don't care. Um, the finish was um, Sheamus and Morrison, they swung candy cane kendo sticks at each other, and then Drew uh, was setting up the Claymore kick, but Sheamus tagged himself in to hit the Brogue kick. Uh, Lee tagged himself in, and he shoved Morrison in his arms of, you know, Omos, Amos, uh, Omos, Amos, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Uh, then Amos, uh, Amos slammed uh, Morrison through the table. So then uh, Lee gave Miz a spirit bomb for the win. So Lee and McIntyre and Sheamus, and we plant the seeds for Sheamus and Drew, which we all knew was coming. Uh, Sheamus gave Lee the brogue kick. And Drew said, he just won the match, and I vouched for you. Why? Why? They then had a stare down, and it looks like it's going to be the inevitable, as we all knew, heel turn of Sheamus so that Sheamus can face Drew McIntyre at the Royal Rumble. So I assume we're going to get Sheamus and Drew and Daniel Bryan and Reigns, which will be good. Those actually excite me. This, you know, um, Daniel Bryan knows how to put on a match with just about anybody. So I'm excited for those things, if that's the way they go. So that was Raw and SmackDown. Um, don't watch the shows. They're boring. Unless you really like WWE and you like... I would wa If you have to choose between the two, I'd watch SmackDown. 
I like Drew, but this, this show is just awful. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about something that I did really enjoy, the Broken Skull Sessions with Drew McIntyre. So I just watched um, Drew McIntyre with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin on the Broken Skull Sessions. I found this to be really interesting. You found out that Drew McIntyre is a lifelong fan. He talks about, you know, I mean, when you look at Drew McIntyre, this is a guy who was pretty much going to be pushed to the top. They took it away from him because of the situation with Tiffany, who was his wife at the time. Then he kind of went down, down, down. He built himself back up, and now he's a top guy. It's an interesting story. Um, he talks about, you know, how he was, you know, pretty much, yeah, he's pretty much a lifelong fan. They showed a picture of him with Yokozuna. He talked about how, you know, all of his friends said they were going to be wrestlers, but he continued to keep saying that he was going to be a wrestler, and, you know, he ended up doing that. Um, he became friends friends with Sheamus on the independent scene. Sheamus kind of taught him how to work out because uh, Sheamus was um, a bodybuilder, or his father was a bodybuilder. So they um, came to, um, then they kind of go to, uh, you know, when this man cuts that promo and says that this man is the chosen one. Uh, they didn't go into any of the cool moments that I liked when he was the chosen one, which was when he uh, berated um, Teddy Long. I thought that was really cool when he did that. Um, he talks about how at WrestleMania 26, he was supposed to face Undertaker, but, you know, that became Undertaker and Shawn. You know, I, you know, he says that that was probably for the best because he wasn't ready for it. Uh, they show the picture. They talk about the three-man uh, three band. Uh, he basically told them, you know, that everything was fine, but he couldn't, uh, you know, he didn't hurt anybody as he broke his wrist. And apparently they didn't tell anybody, and um, so it was pretty much dead on arrival. Uh, they didn't talk about how uh, Brock Lesnar um, pretty much told, told Drew, like, what are you doing here? You're much better than this. Uh, so in 2014, he's released, uh, he goes to ICW, he saw that on the rise, and he said he's going to make that his mission statement, he was going to be the guy there, and that's when he became Drew Galloway, and he talked about how Australia wanted him, and he talked a little bit about Impact, and then he talks about how he was about to go to New Japan, and, um, Regal said, you know, talk to Hunter first, and Hunter brought him back, and he said that he wanted to be on NXT, that that was the right thing for him to be, was on NXT, because they knew who Drew Galloway was. He was nervous the first time he came out there, because um, he said, will they remember me? They remembered him, he was happy, um, he wins the title in, uh, I believe, 2017 from Bobby Roode, good match. Uh, he did talk, I, I skipped over this he said that the claymore kick was um was born out of uh the three-man band um because he couldn't uh hit the big boot with the because his pants were so tight and somebody said to him so if you can make that work that would be a really cool finisher so that's how the claymore kick was born um so he's in nxt he makes the, you know the debut on raw you know he talks about how, you know, Vince and them kind of saw it as water under the bridge. He said he kind of hadn't found himself yet. 
Um, then he talks about how, you know, with the Royal Rumble, he comes out, he eliminates Brock Lesnar, and that was kind of the start of his whole year. Uh, Austin says that the way he eliminates Reigns in that match was great. It was snug. He just throws him right over the top rope. Um, he talks about the disappointment of winning the title at Mania in an empty building, but, you know, he said that people needed this, and this was great. Um, he wins it. Um, they did talk about at the beginning of the show how his wife was there for the Thunderdome when he won it the second time. And it really... F Sorry about that. Um, and he says that winning it the second time was, you know, he said how, no matter how many times he wins it, it will always be special to him. Austin agreed that, you know, he's pretty much better with, with the belt. You know, some people are better chasing the belt or having the belt, but he says he feels like, you know, he's the guy and... He, you know, he's, he's, you know, he deserves it, you know. And he talked about how he wants to be a locker room leader, and he talks about how Randy Orton was his big test and everything. And I, I feel like he's become a top guy, so it's really interesting hearing him talk about this because you get this passion, you know, this is somebody who really had to find. He talks about how he looked in the camera on the fourth, broke the fourth wall on um, at WrestleMania, and he said he felt they were going to cut that out. But he said that was the, he felt that was the right thing. He talked about how Undertaker told him, you know, when you you got to quit being a wrestler and just do it. And basically, that means that you know, stop you know trying to wrestle and just wrestle, you know, stop trying to do moves just do moves like you're going to actually hurt, like you're trying to hurt somebody. Stop trying to pretend like you're going to hurt somebody and actually act like you're going to, and do the moves. So he talks about, you know, so it's an interesting story, but it's really a story about redemption. A guy that, you know, had it all, lost it all, and got it back, and now he's a top guy, and he's in the position he's in. Um, they talked a little bit about Drew uh, Drew and A, which was um, a thing. He talks about how he pretty much wants to, you know, help out as much as possible. So they've got the right guy. He's a guy that really works hard, and um, I think he's going to do really well. I think he's going to be well. Uh, Austin asked him what's one thing he wants in 2021. He said fans. <laughs> so there you go. He wants fans back. I thought Drew came across great in this um, in this uh, little I don't want to call it a documentary, but this little show with Austin. I learned a lot from him. He's really likable. He's a great babyface. We all knew he was a great babyface. Then when they brought him in as a heel, we were kind of like, why? But now he's a babyface. He's right where he needs to be. You know, he didn't say what I thought he would have said that you know Paul Heyman was really instrumental in the guy because. Paul Heyman's the guy that picked Drew McIntyre to be the guy to lead his brand. Fortunately, um, Paul Heyman has been removed from power, and now it's Bruce Pritchard, but they seem to be um, locked on him and pushing him as a top guy, and he feels like a top guy, and I say keep going with him. He's Keep giving him guys. Start f making some guys to feed to him. Cause he's the, to me, he's the guy. He's doing a great job, and Reigns is the guy. They talked a little bit about Reigns and uh, Drew McIntyre as well. Now that I didn't think that match was great, but you know, the first half of the match was I didn't think was great, but the second half I thought was really good. And, you know, 
he's learning. He feels like he knows who he is now, and he knows who Drew McIntyre is. And you know what? More power to him. I just hope he continues to get better and he continues to do what he's doing. Sorry about that. Knock the table. And uh, that's about it. Um, so there you go. There you have it. That's about it for wrestling this week. Um, I got some exciting news. I do have a new microphone, and that microphone will be coming next week. There's, um, and I wanted to save it for Christmas. <laughs> I like doing things like that. So, as always, you can reach me at my handle, just at Justin Yance, on any of the social media platforms. Thank you for listening. I'm sorry that this show wasn't more um, exciting, but... I don't know. It's it's hard to talk about things when there's really nothing um, exciting. But um, yeah, so that about does it. Um, I would watch the Drew McIntyre um, Broken Skull sessions. I would watch um, some of TLC. Watch the top three matches. Those are good. Watch. Um, I don't know. Watch some of SmackDown. You don't really need to watch Raw. If you do watch Raw, just watch the Randy Orton segment. I thought that was good. AEW, the only thing I really liked on this show was really um, uh, the the um, Omega versus uh, Joey Janelle's. I just like how um, Don Callis, and I thought it was really entertaining. So out of all the shows, I don't know. It was kind of a tie. Nothing was really great here. Um, Impact also, I forgot to mention this. Omega appeared, and he will be wrestling in a six-man with the Good Brothers uh, in at Hard to Kill. So that should probably build to him winning that title, and then hopefully he'll win the IWGP title and the NWA title, and we will have Kenny Omega, the man on all brands. So that about does it for me, and I will see you next time on the DMF. <laughs>